Welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast. It is episode 155. I am Mel from Metal Hammer. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing all right out there today. Uh, this is actually originally meant to be last week's show. We recorded it a couple of weeks back now, but because of the awful news about LG Petrov that came out early last week, we thought we had to use last week's show uh, for a special tribute to him instead. So that's what we did last week. This week, we are giving you the ultimate 21st century metal playlist using the 100 greatest songs of the 21st century that you can find exclusively in the new issue of Metal Hammer that is out right now. You can pick it up in shops across the UK or you can order it direct to your door from tinyurl.com slash gethammer. It's a huge issue, bursting with cool stuff. And uh, as I said, the main thing in there is the 100 greatest songs of the century so far. So we used those songs, narrowed them down, and between me, Elle, and Steve, we put together the ultimate heavy metal playlists of the 21st century for your listening pleasure. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to pass you over straight to us right now. Uh, so yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm here with Eleanor Goodman, Deputy Editor of Metal Hammer. Hello, Elle. Hello, Mel. How the devil are you on this fine uh, Friday that we are recording this? I'm really enjoying this Friday. It's a very good Friday. The Fridayest of Fridays. I'm glad to hear it. I'm also joined by the one and only Mr. Stephen Hill, Melt Hammer contributor extraordinaire. Hello, Steve. Hi, mate. How are you doing? You all right? I am as established. Good, thank you. How are you? All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, you did say it. Sorry, I wasn't listening. Um, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm pretty good. I'm looking forward to talking about all the stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, it's, it's good. A list. A big old list. Everyone loves a list. Wow. Um, Do they? New issue of... Yes, as we Every... will... As we will establish. <laughs> What's wrong uh, with you? Nothing. Like Eleanor doesn't like a list, so we're gonna we've deliberately kind of freaked her out a little bit by making her pick things. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun. Anyone who doesn't like a list is wrong. Um, we are <laughs> celebrating the new issue of Metal Hammer that's out right now. Of course, top 100 songs of the century so far. We're not idiots. We know the century isn't over yet, but we thought we'd have a run at it now that we've had a couple of decades worth. Uh, so what's going to happen is each of us are going to work together to form the ultimate playlist based off this list that we've got in the current issue of Melt Hammer. So we're going to pick three songs each to go on the list uh, based purely off those songs that are in the issue right now. Uh, and then to decide the final track to make it a clear 10, we're going to have a little vote on the final track that goes in. So our aim is to create the ultimate 10 song playlist that represents heavy music in the 21st century. As I said, that issue's out right now. You can get it in newsstands across the land. Uh, Metal Hammer, not metalhammer.com. That's our home address. Go there as well. But go to tinyurl.com slash gethammer to pick up your copy. Uh, it comes with a series of Iron Maiden beer mats exclusively designed for us. We've got an awesome Alexi Leho tribute art print designed by the awesome Luke Priest, who has worked with the likes of Metallica and Ghost, amongst others. Uh, we've got a huge album art poster set featuring tons of the albums mentioned in this issue. And we've got a big old Ghost laptop sticker as well. So there's loads of good stuff, loads of cool bundly bits and bobs in there. Uh, so with that all said... We should get making this playlist together. So we're going to talk about uh, each song as we each pick it, where we first heard it, why it means a lot to us, and why we think the song deserves to be in the ultimate playlist of the 21st century. Um, who wants to start? How about you, Al, seeing as you love lists so much? What's your first pick? 
my first pick will be so obvious to you guys. I don't like lists. I really don't like lists. It's really hard to pick from 100 greatest songs, but this is one of my all-time favourite songs. It is Change in the House of Flies. Uh, Ah, what a track. I've picked my songs on kind of a gut emotional punch feeling and Change for me at the time was amazing. It was this blend of Chino's ethereal vocals. It was a big style change for them, going from these really heavy guitar parts and melodies into Change, which had this very strange noises on it from Frank Delgado, which is kind of otherworldly, and then Chino's ethereal vocals, as I mentioned, and then Steph Carpenter's input. And it's just this incredible song. And they had to fight the record company to get this as the first single from White Pony because they wanted them to release something more traditional. But Deftones really pushed for this song because it is so incredible. And I'm really glad they did. I think it just came off so well and it still just hits me in the feels every time. This narrative that's very mysterious as well about a relationship coming apart and um, in that very Deftones way of being a story that is interesting enough to get involved with but not so specific that it isolates you so you can kind of just get wrapped up in this world. It's just a great song. Is it your favourite song off White Pony? I know it's on the list, but obviously the list was formed by numerous uh, numerous panels and people. Uh, actually, Passenger's my favourite song. So, But I couldn't have Passenger because it's not on the list. And as we know, the list was put together with <laughs> many, 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 many discussions with many different people and pulled by committee. So sadly, that is not on the list. But change well, is still incredible. Change is an awesome shout. Yeah, number three on the uh, on the magazine's 100 Greatest Songs of the 21st Century list. Steve, what are you saying about Change in the House of Flies? Was this on your shortlist? I imagine it might have been. Um, it actually wasn't, mainly because I thought Eleanor would definitely pick it. Um, and also because it's, again, probably not my favourite song from the last 20 years of Death Tones, but... It is an absolutely brilliant song. And I remember hearing it the first time. I think it would have been the first song any of us heard from White Pony. And it was pretty obvious from kind of one listen that they were about to do something really, really different. And I think sometimes that scares people a bit, doesn't it? But that song is just so undeniably brilliant. Like everything about it just felt like a deviation, uh, a kind of, um, well, a change without wanting to sound like a cheesy person, but it was just, it it wasn't, like, I didn't feel like that song threw the baby out of the bathwater because there was stuff on Around the Fur, like Be Quiet and Drive or Mascara or, um, you know, whatever, that, that was quite melodic, but this was, it just sounded like Deftones playing, you know, stadium music for the first time ever and really getting it right. And I remember being like, absolutely blown away with it and it doesn't age at all like i think we've spoken about white pony a lot on this podcast and it just sounds like it could still come out tomorrow and it would be just as it would sound just as fresh and contemporary and brilliant it's yeah it's it's a fucking brilliant song and the fact that it might not even make my top 10 favorite deftone songs of the last 20 years and yet it's still incredible uh yeah it's amazing that is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty wild to think that it is by distance their most streamed track on Spotify as well. One hundred and seven million streams, which is pretty wild. 
Uh, there's another track off White Pony that even comes close to half that. Um, so absolutely an iconic track for them. A fine choice, L. I don't think anyone could argue with that. Uh, Steve, what's your first pick for our ultimate playlist? Changing the House of Flies. This is the track list it's going in as as well. So we're starting with Changing the House of Flies, track number one. Okay, um, my first pick, my number one pick, was actually really, really, really easy. Uh, I do want to say, because this is a metal playlist, my my I haven't picked... Yeah, well, I mean, it's a metal hammer. I thought, like... So one of the songs in the, in the list is One Arm Scissor by At The Drive-In, which is one of the... Which is the lead single off my favourite album ever made, ever. But I did think putting that in the top 10 of um, the best metal songs of the, the century felt like a little bit of a stretch. So... If Fair you point. Pick, like my personal, what I would most, like, it would probably be one arm scissor about the driving, but I'm not going to pick that. And that made my number one pick really, really easy because around sort of 2003, 2004, I started not listening to metal so much. I started listening to like Justin Timberlake and the Kaiser Chiefs quite a lot and stuff like both of those things, Sugar Babes and Maximo Park, whatever. Right. And I stopped listening to metal quite um, as much as I used to when I was a kid. And one record and this particular song i think is almost single-handedly dragged me back into just being obsessed and in love with metal again because it felt like everything that i ever loved about heavy music in the first place and it's blood and thunder by mastodon wow i was wondering that's such a big build-up i thought i was wondering which of those few from that era might be blood and thunder by mastodon so when did you first hear this um it got album of the year in I think quite a few publications and I I think I, I, I didn't really know anything about Mastodon. The only thing I knew about Mastodon was from a few years before. I think they, they played with Today is a Day and Neurosis at the Garage. I didn't see them on that tour, but I was sort of aware that they were that sort of band. And I was kind of still like, you know, if I was going to listen to something heavy, I would want to listen to um, a band like Isis or Neurosis. I was still kind of vaguely interested in stuff like that. And so when I saw that this band who, you know, a few years before when I was paying attention to metal were like the opening band on some kind of little sludge metal bill at the garage were now getting album of the year. I was like, well, do you know what? I think I should at least try and listen to that album and see what it's like. And I got some, I got some um, Virgin Megastore uh, like tokens for Christmas. This is how going back how far it's going. I got some tokens. I was like, I have to buy a CD, and I knew it was number one. And I saw it in the sale, and I just thought, I'm going to take a punt on this, even though I don't really listen to metal that much anymore. And I got back and I put it in, and the second that riff comes in, I mean, honestly, like the first five seconds of that song, it didn't even need to get to the end of the song before I was like, oh my god, why have I not been listening to this type of music for the last like year and a half? It is so just that ding, 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 and then Brown's drums coming in. The first line is, I think that someone's trying to kill me. I was like, this is amazing. This is everything that I ever loved about metal. Like the riff, the unbelievable rhythms, the fucking so OTT, like euphoric scream at the start. It's heavy, it's technical. It was like, you know, after years and years of new metal being the dominant thing, Hearing Macedon made me go, oh yeah, metal doesn't have to be the Union Underground or Edema. It can be this. And I think, again, like it just sounds incredible still to this day. I think it just sounds like it, it's the perfect encapsulation of contemporary and classic metal, but with a little special K sprinkled on top of it, which no one else can really do. I think Macedon are probably the most consistent band of the last 20 years 
like there's an argument for that. I think it's kind of them. There's Gajira as well, but I think Mastodon are, and you look at their back catalogue, the breadth of their back catalogue, I think in metal you could say that's the, that's the strongest back catalogue of the last 20 years. And for me, this is the opening song and possibly the pinnacle of the best album of the best run of metal in the last 20 years. That is an outstanding shout. Um, I think you glitched a tiny bit at one point, but you, you were basically saying that new metal was the dominant force of the era and this kind yeah. of helped to sway that firmly aside. Yeah, um, certainly for me. Yeah, it's an absolutely blinding choice, my friend. That's number six in the uh, in the um, in the list in the magazine. Mastodon, Blood and Thunder just missed out on the top five, which shows you how ridiculously good this list is. You're gonna to want to read all of it. Uh, so so far we've got Change in the House of Flies by Deftones, Blood and Thunder by Mastodon. Uh, I'm gonna add in my first track. I don't know if no, this ha- yeah, this has to be my first choice purely because. Um, I don't think you can talk about metal in the 21st century without talking about this band. Uh, and it was actually the song that we chose as number one on our list of the 100 greatest songs of the 21st century, which is Chop Suey by System of a Down. Uh, we've got a big exclusive interview with Darren Malakian in the uh, in the new issue as well. Where he talks about the making of the making of that song. Some really interesting stuff about the original lyrics in the song and the original concept behind it, because there's quite a lot of different stuff going on there to plan to um, to what actually came out. Uh, but for me, like, you know, is Chop Suey my personal favourite system of dance song? No. Is it objectively the kind of uh, most unfuckwithable example of a band doing something different, doing something totally unique? So unique that everything that's come since System of Down first broke big. No, no one's really copied them or kind of really taken proper influence from them in any way because they're just that unique. There's a few bands you can say that about, and I think System are one of them. And, you know, a billion YouTube views. Um, well, I think it's like 600,000 streams on Spotify. These are like bigger than Metallica numbers. Like this is crazy, crazy numbers. The enduring in, uh, legacy and impact of this song is, I think, factually unlike anything else that metal has produced um, before. Well, certainly maybe not before, but certainly since in terms of the 21st century. Um, You know, you could make an argument that there's been more directly influential bands because like I said, system are just so unique that you just don't really get the sense that a lot of people even bother trying to copy what they do and incorporate it into their sound. But um, they remain one of the most unique bands ever. And when they released those new tracks last year, it really reignited my love and kind of like fandom of System of a Down. We did the kind of... um, the hall of fame podcast on them didn't we and that kind of was in that point where they just released those new tracks and for me chop suey is just system of a down have to be represented in a in a list like this and chop suey just is objectively the uh the song to do it with what are you saying steve mate i think that like obviously the, the a perfect shout and i think a very very um worthy number one as well i think something that is probably worth saying i'm not sure if we did say it on the the hall of fame episode but it was number one when 9-11 happened. And I think there's very, very few songs ever of any genre that have kind of reflected the mood and of of a of a society. I mean, I think it's almost System of a Down Chop Suey is almost it's almost bigger than System of a Down. It's almost it's almost as big as music can get because it literally was number one at this you know it was that album was number one in the charts and that was the lead single at this incredibly crazy time and when you think of you know the lyrics of that song and what they it was like this perfect representation of 
um, of what was going on in the world while it was also current at the time. And I think I can only read it like Ghost Town by the specials and that's about it. When I can, or like God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols. There aren't many times where music perfectly reflects what is happening in in a society in the way that Chop Suey did. And I think like that's, I think that that plays a massive part. Not only is it a brilliant song, but that plays a massive part into there's an aura and there's something about it which I think almost almost transcends even music, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. And um, I think because it's such a big song, people take it for granted because like, I don't really know many people that probably would say Chop Suey is their like personal favorite system of a dance song, but it's easy to forget just how weird and unique and just oddball this song is. Like, it is nuts that a song like this We'll get to 600,000 streams on Spotify. You know, a band that has not put out an album in the streaming era has put out nothing really apart from two individual tracks in the streaming era. And for it to still be getting processed and consumed on that kind of level is just mind boggling. So it was an easy shout for me. There's no doubt about it. Um, for my next pick, we're going to do this because I picked this one, that one last out of us. I'm going to pick the first one and then we're going to go back and forth between us. So I'm going to pick track four uh, and I'm going to go in with a track that is not yet anywhere near iconic, as iconic as the three songs we've talked about so far. But I want it in there because I genuinely believe it is one of the most singularly perfect rock songs of the last 20 years. I genuinely compare this track to any classic rock or metal song you could name in terms of just being pure what are you waving at l <laughs> i know what this is i know what this is i know what this is you already oh, know I what it is I say it? no i'm gonna say it oh. uh i for my track to my my second pick sorry because i want to make sure it gets in that i'm picking square hammer by ghost i knew it I, I don't care who uh who objects to such a thing because again you know that track's five years old now i think and um you know, you can't really compare the legacy of a song like that to something that was so unavoidably massive, like Chop Suey, was so unique and just game-changing in terms of production and the way heavy bands started to think about writing music, like Changing the House of Flies was, or just kind of chucked a grenade into the middle of the post-new metal scene, like Blood and Thunder did. Um, but for me, Square Hammer is as perfect a rock song as has been written in the last two decades. I think... It represented the moment where Ghost went from kind of being like just a really great and big band that we we're all really excited about to being the band that truly had the potential to go on and do something absolutely massive. Um, I always remember the first time I heard this song, we were all sitting in what were the team of, team rock offices at the time. Um, and I remember they, I think they debuted it on Swedish radio or something. And I went to find the link of it playing and I literally kind of shouted across the office to everyone to stop what they're doing and listen to this song right fucking now because you're not going to believe what you're hearing. Uh, the, the fact that they've kind of gone on and just about maintained that level of kind of poppy fun song craft on the last album is really impressive. But to me, um, Square Hammer is still the absolute pinnacle of what that band have achieved in terms of writing a catchy brilliant pop rock song that still feels heavy and is still deceptively subversive as well um i absolutely love it and it's yeah i would go as far as say in, in terms of like an arena worthy massive heavy rock song it's the best track that's been written since i've been doing this for a living i can't i can't effuse enough about this song so it's going in so there 
What do you think about that, Steve? I think that's good, but you didn't ask me actually. You asked Steve, so sorry. Go on, I'll get, I'll get one I was only saying because Steve looked like he was shaking his head a bit. So no, no, sure I, his opinion was. I, I think it's going to be a really funny playlist when I put my next track in. Um, but I love <laughs> I'm out, I love Square Hammer, and you know what I, what I would say if if I was to go on like The Voice or X Factor, which I'm not going to do, but if I was going to do that, I would sing Square Hammer. That please do that, please. No than that. Please do that, Steve. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. Elle, you're back in my choice. I don't need to convince you too much of Ghost, do I really? Yeah, I remember exactly when that happened in the office the moment you were describing and you were like, oh, it's the perfect single. It's the best song ever. And we just used to play it like over and over again and like sing along to it and dance to it because it's so catchy. And he wrote it to be catchy, didn't he? He wrote it because he wanted a big show tune. Not a show tune, show tune, but a big song for his show. Yeah, exactly. And, and literally, the, even the first chorus, the second I heard that first, oh, you won the square, I was like, oh my God. I'm even getting goosebumps just thinking about it now. It is as perfect a song as has been written in rock music in the last 20 years. So it's going on. Uh, I believe Steve gets another pick now. So, so far we've got uh, Change in the House of Flies, Blood and Thunder, Chop Suey, Square Hammer. I should say Chop Suey came in at number five. Uh, no, number four, in fact. Top five level, but number four in the list in the magazine. So very, very high ranking choices we've got so far. Um, what are you putting in for track five on our mega playlist, Steve? This is going to go very, very different from like the perfect pop rock single to, uh, I guess, as underground and um, nasty sounding as possible. Uh, I've picked Concubine by Converge. Uh, and there's a few reasons why I'm doing that. I think, again, to bring up sort of new metal, um, by 2001, new metal was of absolutely no interest to me whatsoever. But um, but when I heard, and I, you know, I was just starting to get into the kind of school of bands who I think really represented the antithesis of that sort of thing. So the Dillinger Escape Plan botched, Poison the Well, those kind of bands I really, really loved. And I remember there being a fair bit of hoo-ha in the press in the build-up to Jane Doe, the the fourth Converge album. And I didn't really know much about Converge other than like a lot of people seem to be saying how great they were. And they're this great band from Boston and yada yada. Um and that record I, again I think is just it's one of the best records ever made ever um converge are undoubtedly one of the best bands i think if you're looking for a, a group of people a group of musicians who you can really genuinely rely on both in the music that they put out the way they they treat um the business of being in a band morally the way that they run themselves i think converge are rightly one of the sort of most beloved cult bands in the world and this record and this particular song i mean concubine is 81 seconds long you know it is over <laughs> before i think before tobias even comes in on square hammer i think <laughs> yeah. over. do you know what i mean but they do so much in that time they do so much and and you know and i was sort of like pondering to myself well is it as big as my last serenade or I will be heard or do you know what I mean? There's a lot of things that came in the aftermath of that, which are commercially much more successful. But I think in the same way as like the Misfits, for example, the Misfits logo and the Misfits t-shirt um, or the Ramones t-shirt that or the, like the motorhead print, like those things have become iconic things. And I think 
the artwork for Jane Doe the, has become like the Misfits skull for a, a new generation. It's a record which I think really, really transcends. Again, it sort of transcends heavy music, really, because it's it's become this unbelievable kind of cult thing, and um, and just the opening song. I mean, I remember I remember putting it on and. I just started listening to death metal and like I say, hard, like heavier hardcore bands and stuff. I liked Will Haven and Vision Disorder and Sick of It All and bands like that. But the absolute like heart-wrenching ferocity of the opening of that album, it, it, it was like a jet engine taking off in like millimeters away from your face. The, the fury and the power and the like, the just the, the, the chest torn open to reveal this like rotting black beating heart it's um it's i mean it's one of the great the it's one of the great records ever made in, in any genre ever and that has like 80 they do they do so much in 80 seconds i just think it's a real a real underground cult masterpiece and i think that sort of thing should absolutely be represented in this playlist in this list a hundred percent. I don't, yeah, I think you're completely right. It's so influential and so important. And I think you're totally right about how iconic that sometimes almost take it for granted how iconic I can't think of many, you know, I guess misfits were fairly underground at the time, but they've become so huge since I can't think of many records that still essentially sit in the underground whose artwork has become so iconic. Is that Jane Doe artwork? Like if you were in to metal at any point or hardcore at any point, well, at all over the last 20 years, you've probably seen it somewhere, which is amazing given how big Converge technically are compared to some of the other bands we're talking about. Um, Concubine was at number 40 in our, in our magazine list of the hundred greatest songs of all time. That's how stacked this list is. Uh, one of the greatest hardcore songs ever written uh, was 40th in this thing. Uh, so, so far we've got Changing House of Flies, Blood and Thunder, Chop Suey, Square Hammer, Concubine. How are you following that up, El? I reckon you can probably guess all my choices for this. I mean, this is a list of the greatest songs this century. And as you said, Merle, there's only been 21 years so far. So hopefully there's lots more good music to come. But one of the debates when we had when we were putting it together was how heavily weighted it was going to be towards the first 10 years and what we had in the second 10 years. Because... There's been so many great songs, but because of things like new metal and kind of emerging trends in the early 2000s, there are definitely certain songs which you just class as anthems and you have to have in. Whereas in the second 10 years, between 2010 and 2021, that's 11 years, but never mind. There were kind of, there's been a change in the music scene and genres, subgenres kind of fractured off a little bit and there were just kind of different sort of sounds in heavy music. So I didn't want to do all my choices from the first 10 years. So my second choice is Gajira and Stranded. Ooh, I wasn't expecting that, you know. Nice. I love that record. So I kind of thought you would you would suspect something. I thought it might go in, but when you said it was kind of predictable, that's not immediately where I went. Massive choice, massive choice. Yeah, I mean... That's obviously from Magma from 2016, and that was our album of the year that year in Metal Hammer because it's such a huge, massive, mega album. Gajira had been already doing great things, influencing new upcoming bands, getting bigger, and Magma was just this massive record that just took them to the next level. 
I'm very heavy emotionally as well. We've talked about it a lot of the time, but a lot of the themes on there, death, life, grief, and you listen to something like Stranded. And like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, there's such an emotional core to this song. When you listen to Joe screaming, um, you know, when he's literally screaming the word no and talking about being stranded in the night and stranded in the cold, you can really feel something coming off that. And people who aren't into metal have this stereotypical image in their head of metal just being this kind of screamy shit and what Gajira do so well is I mean it's not anyway we know that but what Gajira do so well is having this huge amount of stone cold slab heaviness in there and yet this a massive amount of vulnerability and emotion as well and melodies and every single member of that band is so talented and of course we've got Mario and drums as well um and just those amazing guitar parts. Like everything fits together so well. I think it's such a great song and go Gajira. Yeah, I mean, in the same way as what Steve was saying about, um, you know, you just can't ignore Mastodon's back catalogue and their kind of influence on 21st century metal. I think if there's one band that have proven to be the most influential in the fundamentals of heavy metal across the last 10 years or so, I think it's probably Gajira. You can kind of see like everyone from Architects to various tech metal bands to like every young band on nuclear blast records pretty much like you can just see where like the Gajira influence is coming in and um yeah magma's my favorite album as well i think it's and, and you know what strands is an amazing song it is the big song off that album definitely but it's probably not even my favorite song off that album which shows you how fucking badass that album yeah is. i love the cell as well oh. you know it's, it's another case of sort of having to pick tracks from the list but then if you got the album maybe there'd be another track that's I don't know, even better personally, but it's hard to pick songs, right? It's hard when you just love the bands. It is, but I'm afraid you're gonna have to pick another one now because we're going back up the uh, back up the priority order now. Oh so no! You no. just you just picked Stranded, uh, so now and uh, Stranded got to number nine in the uh, in the magazine list, by the way, out of the whole hundred. Uh, so now we've got Deftones, Mastodon, System of a Down, Ghost, Converge, Gajira. What's going on next, El? I hate this. I hate this. I hate you're making me do this. I hate all of you. This is democracy. I was hoping that I would have some more, I don't know, an extra five minutes to think about this because there's two songs that I was really keep going back and forth between because having just said that about Gajira, about there being a lot of metal bands in the early 2000s that would be easy to pick, there are two anthems that I'm deciding between for my third track. I'm certain I know what one of them are. Oh, it's horrible. The two anthems I'm deciding between are... No, no, don't say, because then it, you, you can't say what the other one is until the end. <laughs> oh, this is horrible. Oh, I'm going to pick Papercut by Linkin Park. Ah, yes. That was on my backup list. I wasn't sure if that was going to get picked up. Oh, and do you want to know what the other one was? You can guess what the other one was. It was Disturbed, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> and it's such a horrible choice because... You can moan all you like, Steve, but Linkin Park and Disturbed are hugely important bands to me growing up and still now. And those tracks for me are basically level. And I think, you know, I picked Deftones Change because I think that's just an absolutely brilliant song that's sort of genreless and timeless. Gadira Stranded because it's contemporary and brilliant. And then that left a space for a new metal anthem that's close to my heart. And these two are neck and neck, really. And Linkin Park probably just edges it because... The whole of hybrid theory, top to bottom, was so important to me. Every song is a banger. And I would just lie in my bedroom as a moody teenager and listen to it. And Papercut would come in straight off the bat. 
and was just this amazing song that I just, at the time I felt like it was a lot more profound than it was. But at the same time, looking back, you can see that that song and that album changed the landscape so much. We've talked at length about the influence of hybrid theory and I just had to have it on there. I'm glad you put it on there because I was thinking about, I start. I did overthink this at one point and I was thinking, I was looking at my list and I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to have any like new metal on here, which is mental because like that's what got me into metal and it's what dominated the early 2000s. Um, and I was thinking if we, I was kind of thinking we needed like a roll-in or a paper cut or something like that on here. And I'm glad paper cut's on there because you can't talk about metal in the early 2000s without talking about that album. Arguably, no, not arguably, inarguably, one of the most iconic opening like three seconds of a song ever. As soon as you hear that drop, you just know exactly what it is. And it just still to this day causes havoc at rock clubs. Uh, well, it did and it will again. Um, right. That got to number 14 in the overall list in the magazine, by the way, but it's in our playlist. Uh, so we've got Deftones, Mastodon, uh, System of a Down, Ghost, Converge, Gajira, Linkin Park. I'm liking musically. This is sounding very, very varied as a playlist. I think we're doing a good job. Uh, I don't no know. I think, I think we've had a bit of feedback. On, I'm not sure which group, whether it was the Metal Hammer main page or the Metal Hammer readers group, but definitely saw some comments saying that they thought our list was too mainstream. And I think maybe this list that we've chosen is quite mainstream too. But if you're talking about the biggest songs of the century, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, if you're talking about a list of songs that has like the Devil's Blood and um, Amon Ra and Akakoki in it like i'm not totally convinced <laughs> that the whole list is that mainstream to be honest i suspect they've seen Corey taylor on the front cover of metal hammer and are having a little moan i think they're a bit i think what they've done there is they've seen eight of the 100 artists the biggest one <laughs> and they've not considered that there are another 92 artists on there and they've just decided to comment on that before yeah. they have seen the whole list hey internet gonna internet in it yeah. If we got Jonathan on this podcast, Jonathan would have definitely picked all those for his top tracks. He had. We we are, we are probably lacking in maybe a bit of black metal and death metal in this playlist because uh, Mr. Seltzer is not well, in the room. But oh, mate, hold on. Maybe I'm doing Steve a disservice because he's still got another pick. Yeah, sort of. Um, I've got no beef with Paper Cut going in. By the way, it's quite a good song. Good. Oh, I can't believe you said that. That's like High the phrase. first time you've admitted something like that. I have or I will ever be about Linkin Park. Um, uh, so I I just changed my, uh, right before we, we started, so I was listening to a lot of the songs that were in it and I thought the first two were quite like easy for me. The third one, I was I was a bit like you actually, Eleanor. I was like, I feel like I want to represent the last 10 years. And there have been some, there's some really great songs on the list. I mean, it could have gone super mainstream. I think Shadow Moses by Brimley Horizon is wicked. I loved Let Live. Like I absolutely love Let Live and Banshee Ghost Fame is on there. That is a fucking great song. Um, but it's not really a metal song again. So I was like, I don't know if I can pick that if it's just going to be 10. Um, and for a, for a long time, Doomsday by Architect was going to be my third pick. And I, wow. I, we spoke about it last week. And I think, you know, we spoke about how influential that was to a lot of stuff that I don't like, but still a very, very influential song. And a song that for me personally, I have a very, quite a strong emotional connection to that song and I it it stirs me in quite a way. I mean, Mel, you've stood next to me at an architect's gig before and you've seen me get well, a bit weepy when that song comes on. Do you know what I mean? So I have just quite a, a song. But and so for a long time I was like, I think that's the one. But then I started thinking I, I did I have changed my mind and I'm the reason I changed my mind is because 
as much as I love that song and it does speak to me quite a lot, I kind of found something else which I thought was just really important. I think one of the things that people have said about metal in the last 20 years and one of the things that keeps being brought up about metal a lot is the kind of lack of evolution of metal. When people talk about metal's evolutionary stages, it's often a lot of like Maiden, uh, sorry, uh, Sabbath, Priest, Maiden, Metallica, Pantera, Corn, and then people just sort of go, and that's it really. And I was sort of like, I want something which really represents a proper evolution in heavy music and something which is genuinely important. So you went for Fintroll? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I went to Bleed by Meshuggah. Oh, yes. Because Bleed by Meshuggah is something which I think people will be looking at in the same way as they look at Buddy Rich videos and the same way as they look at Eruption by Eddie Van Halen. They'll be looking at Bleed by Meshuggah, even if they're not interested in music. In a, a hundred years from now, people will be looking at that song and going, how? How did that band do that? Um, I think Meshuggah are so, so, so hugely influential, particularly on Obzen. I think Obzen is the best work they've done. I mean, obviously they did start as a kind of, you know, you want to say it's not strictly death metal, but I think uh, Meshuggah are an extreme band of sorts. They're just an extreme band who are, kind of completely unique to themselves and the fact that so many people have ripped off Meshuggah endlessly 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 for you know 15 odd years plus now everybody's ripping off Meshuggah and you listen to Bleed and it's easy to listen to it because weirdly Bleed is is, a, is actually a really catchy song it's it's as catchy as Meshuggah have ever sounded. But I'm, I watched a YouTube, I watched a 45 minute long YouTube video which broke down Bleed, right? And it slowed it down to like, um, I, I think it was like a seventh of the pace of the drum part. And I still 15 minutes in was like, I don't understand this. Thomas Harker had to actually relearn how to use his feet with his drums. I, I mean, he... That as just, you know, even if you don't like the song as a technical piece of musical theory, it is just unfucking believable. It's unbelievable. It's superhuman. It's inhuman. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's it's a really, really important song. Even to people outside of metal, like I said, I think they'll they'll be teaching people and looking at that as an example of music genuinely being moved into new terrain that had never seen it happen before i think people will be looking at it in 100 200 years time people will be looking at that song going that happened and that was the first time that's ever happened and um yeah it's just it, it, it's a it's metal as genuinely revolutionary and evolutionary and technically staggering as it has kind of ever been and for me Meshuggah are kind of as important as pretty much any band that you could mention. I mean, I, I, I would put them up with your Maidens and Metallicas and Sabbaths in terms of what they've done to help further the path of what heavy music is. We actually, 
very, very rarely do features on drummers. You know, it's either on bands or it's on front people. And we actually did a feature on Thomas Hacker just asking, how are you so good? How do you actually do this? Is there a formula? What is your secret? Because we were just like, how can Sugar come up with this stuff? How are they so game-changing? How do they... It's just mind-blowing. It's insane. And So we just had to do this piece with Thomas because we were like, please tell us your secrets. And he was just kind of like, yeah, I don't really know. I'm just, you know, I'm just a musician. <laughs> it's like, we want a secret formula, Thomas. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, when you go and see Meshuggah, like literally every drummer, whatever town they're playing in, every drummer from that town will go to that gig and just stand, sit there, will stand there with their mouth like on the floor. They're incredible. You know, they're a, they're a really super important band, I think, Meshuggah. And Bleed is a fucking banger. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, despite all, despite all those layers and complexities, like Bleed is just a big tune as well. Um, very, very cool. Wow, what list this is. We've got Deftones, Changing the House of Flies, Mastodon, Blood and Thunder, System of Down, Chop Suey, Ghost, Square Hammer, uh, Converge with Concubine, Stranded by Gajira, Linkin Park, Paper Cut, and then Bleed by Meshuggah. Uh, so I've got the last pick now, which I didn't really realise how much pressure that would bring with it. And now I'm torn between a few songs. Ah! Now what you know what it's like. Now you know my pain. Okay. I wanted to put, I think I'm going to have to put this pick in here because you can't, you can't not have them in a playlist about 21st century metal. I wanted to put in Last Serenade by Killswitch Engage because it's one of my favourite songs of all time and it was so influential to what followed. But I feel like we've kind of covered metalcore uh, in a more kind of grassroots level and, so, and the kind of proper origins of it where with Converge. Um, so I'm going to go for a more obvious hit, but I think it's one you have to have in there. So I'm going to go with Duality by Slipknot for the last pick. Um, I think that it was a, it, much like Chop Suey and Papercut. It was a song that you could not move for in 2004 when it came out. Arguably the biggest post new metal metal song ever. I can't think of many others that could be in that pack category. Um, Steve, in fact, did an excellent write-up of the song and kind of dissecting uh, exactly how Slipknot put, managed to put a song like that together in the issue that's out right now. Uh, it's at number two in the list as well, just behind Chop Suey's Duality. Um, and uh, yeah, Steve did a great write-up on that and just the way that Slipknot managed to pivot. I mean, Slipknot already knew how to make great songs like Wait and Bleed and even People Equal Shit and some of those heavier tracks. Like Those are still big, bouncy, catchy songs. But Duality is like... I'd put it in a similar bracket to Squarehammer in the whatever you think of Slipknot, wherever that particular track ranks on your personal list of Slipknot songs, it's a perfect song. And that chorus is just one of the greatest choruses ever written by a metal band. And it was written by Slipknot, which if you'd said that in 1999, you'd be like, really? They wrote, you know, Wait and Bleed's got a good chorus, but it's not, it's not duality. Do you know what I mean? It's just as good as that stuff gets while still being that heavy. So as much as I love Killswitch, I think I'm going to have to go with my head for this one and go with... Uh, Go with duality. Any I'm objections? Really, I'm really glad you picked that because I really wanted to pick it and it was so hard not to pick it and lists are hard. Uh, duality, what a song. Uh, everybody knows the line about pushing your finger into your eyes and the way that it just explodes and the video and the people in the house, it's just iconic. Uh, I just love it so much. It's so good. 
it was good. I mean, it was always amazing. But I think really, and this is something I said in the piece, it's really from Download 2009, when you watch that Download 2009 set, which I think is obviously, that is, I think that's the definitive moment of possibly the definitive set ever to happen at Download. And I think Duality was a song which people loved. You know, everyone thought Duality was fucking great. And I mean, I think in the research I was doing for that piece, it sold half a million copies as a single. I mean, the idea of that now, a song, a, a metal song selling half a million physical copies of one song is it doesn't even make alias alien it doesn't even make sense in 2021 does it It doesn't even compute as an idea and i mean and it was surprising enough back then that slipknot could have a hit but for them to have a hit like that and then for them for them to kind of run with that song and then to kind of define it to so many people on that stage in that field on that day um yeah, I mean that's that's one of the that's one of the most recognisable moments in in metal's history, isn't it? Surely, it is. even I let I want to hear you sing this with me. I push my finger, and then the whole of down. I mean, it's 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 up there with you know scream for me wherever or whatever. It's become like it's become like that. I think it's. I mean, I think in terms of an individual moment, that download that is even bigger than that. I can't, I don't know how many individual gig moments you can put to one band, like Maiden at Long Beach Arena, maybe yeah. like, like you, there's really not many moments where you can say, this is when that band were officially crowned as the most important thing in metal in a generation. I mean, people in my school, in my sixth form, I was in sixth form when that came out. And um, I remember people like, not like, you know, dickheads, like even just friends I had at school that had no interest in metal whatsoever and kind of thought it was all a bit stupid. Even they knew that's that chorus, the whole push my fingers into my eyes thing. Like everyone knew it. Um, just absolutely iconic, anthemic. It's going in, which means that uh, the first nine of our 10 song playlist of the 21st century starts with Deftones, Chains in the House of Flies, goes into Mastodon, Blood of Thunder, then System of a Down, Chop Suey, Ghost, Square Hammer, Converge, Concubine, Gajira, Stranded, Linkin Park, Paper Cut, Meshuggah, Bleed, and Slipknot, Duality. Uh, it's, a, it's a fucking great list. I think we did good. At, we've done a good job there, guys. But, but, there's still one more space. And so what we decided to do is we decided to vote on it. Have a vote on the final song that gets into our mega mix. And I think to make it fair and to kind of make it pretty even... We're going to pick the two highest ranking songs in the magazine list that have not yet been covered. And we're going to vote for the one that gets in. So in the case of this particular vote, that comes down to the final song that can get into this playlist has to be one of Pull Harder on the Strings of Yumata by Trivium or Redneck by Lamb of God. Those are the songs we have to pick between. What are your thoughts on those two choices, Steve, before we vote? Um, I like both of them. I don't. You, you throw me a little bit because I didn't know that it was going to be one of those two. Why? Why is it those two? Just that's what you've decided. Because those are the highest in the list. They're, they're, oh, they're the, oh, yeah, you're right. Um, everything else that's uh, uh, you know, System of Down's number one covered, Slipknot's covered, Three's covered, Four's okay. covered. So it's down to Trivium and Lamb of God. They're the highest ones that we haven't already got in there. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, shit, uh, that is really fucking tough. 
Um, Trivium were another band when Ascendancy came out that kind of, if I, when I talk about Mastodon um, and how much Leviathan was a big album for me, I think Ascendancy was really big as well around that time. And then, but I have to say, here in Lamb of God, Lamb of God felt like, like I, I, I loved Ascendancy and I, I thought it was, you know, kind of, that was so exciting when that was happening, when Trivium on the front cover and people were saying they're going to be the next Metallica and you heard that song and it was fucking great. And Until until Slipknot came along with that duality moment, Trivium arguably had the definitive download set with yeah. that 2005 set. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I have to, but I don't know, I'm, maybe I'm thinking of Lamb of God as, a, as, an, as an entirety of a band because once I heard Lamb of God, I was like, wow, these guys are fucking great. And they just, you know, it's been said a million times before about how they're kind of, they were sort of continuation of what Pantera were doing. And, you know, I was an absolutely massive, massive Pantera fan. Um, I remember getting Sacrament. Things I don't think, Redneck is probably nowhere near my favourite song from Sacrament. But it is a banger. So I think I'm going to, just by the slimmest of margins go for Lamb of God the Redneck. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Well fuck, this is hard. Uh I think How are yeah, we gonna how are we gonna do this? Because it's gonna become obvious when one of us picks which one is left. Well, it depends, because if one of us picks the other one, then the other one gets the deciding vote. <laughs> Oh, we could say it at the same time. <laughs> um, oh, man, it's really hard. I think that, uh, I, I mean, I agree with Steve that um, I don't know if Redneck is necessarily Lama God's very best song. I think it's the most famous song off of um, Sacrament. And um, uh, Walk, With Me With Walk With Me In Hell is probably my favourite song off that record. But it's a huge track and it's, still to date, this day so massive it's probably the most singable song of their career as well yeah. like every bit of that song just is begging for a big crowd to sing along which again for a band as heavy as Lamb of God is quite impressive I think I probably personally like I can't genuinely can't decide which song I personally like more out of Redneck and Paul Harder they're both absolute bangers I think I'm actually going to vote for Trivium because um, I think that Paul Harder and the Strings of Yamaha represented what felt like a real sea change in metal and it felt like a moment where kind of quote unquote proper metal even though i know that they're kind of not you know they're not quite judas priest trivium but they're certainly more metal than what was in a lot of the mainstream in 2005 it felt like a, a moment where metal was kind of moving in a fresh direction and it felt like they were the anointed ones it felt like they were going to be the next big thing in metal um kind of had a bumpy ride since then but it feels like they're in a you know they've they've now become one of metal's most reliable and just generally brilliant bands since which is just amazing but for that moment in time i don't know if i think that might be the last moment where metal had like a moment where it felt like this is gonna be fucking massive and this is this is it this is the hype machines going this is the next big thing to break after new metal um and regardless of how that all kind of turned out i think for that moment in time and what it meant and for the download set and still just being such a colossal track all these years later i think i'm going to vote for paul harder which means l 
<laughs> Eleanor Goodman. This, you did this on purpose. Well, yeah, I did. So you... <laughs> <laughs> you knew what you were going to say and you did it on purpose to make me decide. I mean, I was obsessed with Ascendancy, absolutely obsessed with it. And I had, I was at university at the time, I had a rock show on the university radio station, Shaw Radio, in case you're wondering. And... I would just play Paul Harder and the Strings of Marta and I just loved it and it was so good and I didn't really like at that time any kind of classic metal. I wasn't fussed on Metallica. Um, I would only sort of come to love them, seeing them live at festivals more and more um, and whenever I kind of picked up a magazine and it was a band from like the 80s or some of the 90s bands, not all of them because... I don't know, they're all different, but sometimes I would sort of look through things and think, oh, I don't want to read it. Um, and so that I, I don't think the classic metal thing really informed my opinion of Trivium. It was more just like, here is a band that are just really good and really catchy and I just love them unquestionably. And I, think, I think that's true for most people as well, to be honest. I think most kids that got into Trivium at the time weren't thinking, oh, finally, someone's doing like you know, Master of Puppets riffs again. Like, I think yeah. people were just excited by what was happening. Yeah, exactly. I was just excited by what was happening. I was well into new metal. Metalcore was coming in. The two were sort of crossing over a little bit in um, my music collection. And I just thought, wow, this is great. And I love it. And this is cool. So I absolutely love that record. But <gasps> Redneck, ah, you just can't compete with that banger thing i think for me like for all the importance and all the love for ascendancy i think redneck is just gonna edge it because it just comes in and it absolutely slams it just it doesn't announce itself it just barges through the door and it's got that ridiculous video with the birthday party that became really iconic with the kids party and it's so catchy and probably at the time was heavier than a lot of the stuff that I was listening to and just totally fell in love with that track. And if we were in a bar or a pub or a club right now and that came on, I would just be so happy and so excited. And so I'm just literally going with my gut instinct. So I'm going to pick Redneck. Wow. That, that, that threw me actually. I thought you were going to go with Trivium. So that is uh, a shocking end to the, <laughs> to, to the playlist. What a mix we've got. So to recap... One more fucking time. Uh, Deftones, Changing the House of Flies, Mastodon with Blood of Thunder, and we got Chop Suey, we got Ch- we got Square Hammer, Concubine, Stranded, Lincoln Park, Bleeds, Duality, and finishing off with Redneck. That is a mix I would happily listen to on any audio or streaming platform, new or old. So I think we did good. I think we did good. Quite interesting to see that there's uh, it is all blokes. It's very uh, male-dominated list. I think that's an interesting sign of where metal has been in the last 20 years because to me if we made a list of bands and anthems and albums purely from the last five years i think that would be a slightly different dynamic um yeah which is quite an interesting thing yeah i agree with you i think the landscape's changed so much um i recorded a quick video for nuclear blast yesterday for international women's day and we had it was sort of um, about what it's like being a woman in metal. And I was talking about how things have changed. And just in the last 10 years, you can sort of see this great sea change and just more opportunities for women, more women coming in, forming bands, more support for women, um, women supporting women, men supporting women. And yeah, things have just changed a lot 
And um, I think if we do this list again in another 21 years time, or like you said, if we did it for the last five years, it would look different. Yeah, I think so. I think I think as well, it, it probably shows that things like symphonic metal are maybe not quite so high on our individual taste list because bands like Nightwish and Within Temptation are very much represented in the main Metal Hammer list. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, that's the way the vote goes in this particular instance. So um, we do have a, uh, if you have the current issue of Metal Hammer, um, we do have a, a, a playlist which you can get a special access to with all 100 of those songs specially put on a playlist just for you. Uh, the new issue, as I said, is out right now. You can get it at tinyurl.com slash gethammer to see the full 100 greatest songs of the 21st century so far. Uh, we've talked about a few of them here, but there's so many more in there, so many classic tracks we've not even got near to talking about today. So uh, go and pick it up and enjoy. Uh, in the meantime, we'll see you next week with another Metal Hammer podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye.